This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. Today, we're going to be talking about a bit of a heavy, heavy topic, but I'm really excited to share these thoughts with you because I think it might help you. I think if you are somebody who listens to the news or listens to some of the prophetic voices that are out there or, you know, reads the book of Revelation and is sort of anticipating the book of Revelation to be unfolded in our very eyes in our lifetime, This is hopefully going to be an encouragement to you. I actually did a four-part series on the book of Revelation that um, you can get. I talk about it in other parts of this podcast, and it's also on our previous church, Bethel OKC. And essentially, that one does a deep dive into the book of Revelation and looking at what of the things have not been fulfilled yet and what have already been fulfilled. And I think you'd find it interesting to do a study like that if this is something that you are sort of chronically thinking about. You know, the purpose of this podcast and the reason why I'm recording this episode is because I was having a conversation with a friend recently just about the number of um, people that she was hearing that were talking about the end times and the the growing persecution of believers that's going to happen on the earth that's probably going to trigger a revival. And I was thinking about that and I, I was thinking, you know, I know that a lot of people have this feeling and this thought, and I want to speak maybe a different perspective into it that is a slightly educated perspective. I'm not going to give you all of the scriptures today, but I'm not saying this because um, of wishful thinking. I'm saying this because I actually spent a lot of time researching this on my own a couple of years ago while we were in the midst of the COVID lockdowns, because I wanted to know for myself, when we hear prophetic words about things like food shortages happening and a recession and, you know, political upheaval that we've been experiencing for a while and religious persecution. It is really nerve wracking for most believers to think about this, right? And we don't really have a grid for understanding how to deal with people who really feel strongly that this is what the Lord is saying to them. And I preface it that way because not everything we hear from the Lord is A, from God, and B, for you. So I think it's important when you're listening to people online, for example, and they're sharing prophetic words, it's important to ask the Holy Spirit if that word applies to you. For example, if somebody's going to say you have to beware of hurricanes, well, I live in Oklahoma, we're in the center of America, and we don't have oceans nearby anywhere. So I have to really temper that and say, okay, am I going to be afraid of hurricanes when it's probably not even going to affect me? No, that would be silly. So we got to really think about and weigh that out. So let's just talk about a couple of the, the big categories of this shaking that we're experiencing. I have listened to a couple of prophetic people talk about, um, the challenges that we're going through. And I don't disagree with the challenges, but I kind of disagree with the tone in the challenge. And so my purpose in even recording this episode is maybe to provide just a little bit of a different take on the same kind of concept. Here we go. Let's talk first about the recession, right? We're in a bit of a recession right now. And 
you know, a lot of us would say, well, because we're in a recession, we should back up. We should be ultra conservative. We should, you know, withdraw. We should be patient. We should count all of our dollars and then count them again. We should, you know, overthink everything over and over and over again, because we're afraid that what we already have, we might lose because of what's happening with inflation and all of that. Now, if that just caused panic in you, I would say that you are a normal person. You are a normal person trying to navigate something that is a very big topic. But what did I not talk about just now? I did not bring up where God is in the midst of this recession. You guys, wealth is made in recessions. There are countless numbers of stories of people who in a recession built a business that went on to be a a very high producing business. What's the difference? It's in perspective. It's in perspective. What you believe is where you're going to apply your faith. Now, this is going to be maybe a little bit painful to hear, but a lot of times people will see more spiritual warfare in their life because they apply their faith to that. What does that mean? That means they don't feel like they're moving forward in the Lord unless they're experiencing all kinds of spiritual warfare. And guess what the enemy will do? He will take your faith and he will use it as fuel. Now, It's just the truth. What we apply our faith to has power. It has a lot, a lot of power. So what do we do? We have to be mindful of where we're applying our God-given, eternal, like, you know, life-shaking faith. What you believe really, really matters. Now, am I saying that you go dump all of your money into some, you know, investment because you have hopes that wealth is made in recession? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying you use wisdom. And wisdom does not come wrapped in fear. When we are following the Holy Spirit and we're listening to his guidance in our life, he directs us on what to do and we don't have to be afraid. That does not mean we're going to escape pain. It just means we don't have to be afraid. Think about it this way. If you are afraid of some of pain happening in your life, maybe you're afraid that you're going to lose your money, for example. And so you're tormenting yourself with the pain of that fear only to then potentially go on and experience the pain and the reality of that fear becoming actualized. So you are experiencing double the pain load than you need to. We cannot protect ourselves from unseen things in this life. We can only allow Jesus to be involved in every aspect and we ask for his protection. And when he doesn't protect us, then we know that he's in it with us. So pre-protecting yourself by putting yourself through the torment of worry is actually agreeing with the enemy. And what you're going to find is you're applying your faith towards darkness, not towards light. Focusing on darkness makes it harder to bring the light. So there's a, this thought out there that, you know, persecution of Christians is going to grow and it's going to grow and it's going to grow. And I would say, yes, that's what the Bible says, but that doesn't mean that we have to be afraid of it. And the persecution of Christians is not going to trigger a revival as if God is going to wait until his people are being slaughtered and then he's going to move. No, the revival that's going to be coming to America is literally waiting on our unbelief to get out of the way. I said it. The revival that's coming to America is waiting on the sons and daughters of God to get out of our unbelief and actually believe that God wants to do something in the hearts of the people that we want to judge, that we want to be frustrated with, that we want to condemn. Jesus is waiting on us. He's not waiting on us to be in danger, to be persecuted. He's waiting on us to believe. 
He's waiting on us to stand. He's waiting on us to act according to the things that he's asked us to do. So when we say, well, we're waiting on, you know, darkness to increase in the earth so that the light can increase, I would just say to you that it doesn't work that way. The Bible tells us that darkness is going to increase on the earth from this time till forever. But it also says that the light of God is going to increase on the earth. And they're not mutually exclusive. Like they're not dependent on one another. The light of God will continue to grow based on what the believers choose to believe. And the darkness is going to grow because the enemy is going to do his thing until his time runs out. But the light is not, we're not waiting on the darkness to grow to shine brighter. And if we are, our faith is really jacked up because that means that we are believing the enemy is a lot more powerful than he actually is. So what about the food shortages, right? If you're listening, you've got a lot of the news is talking about food shortages. We're already seeing that with like prices of eggs. We're going to see that with some produce because just the fact of the matter is the droughts in California and the floodings in the South really affected our produce crops. So does that mean that, you know, the enemy is having his way? I don't know. It could just mean that the weather has been all crazy. Yes, anything that we see that has the fruit of the enemy, stealing, killing, destroying, right? Those are the works of the enemy. Then we could say, yeah, okay, the enemy's in that. But what can God do? Are we to suffer needlessly? Maybe only if we choose not to believe God. Now, I'm not saying that our life is not going to change. I'm not saying that you're not going to feel the effects of this. I'm saying you get to decide how you feel the effects of this. You get to decide how you let the enemy be glorified in your life. And I said that we glorify the enemy when we pay attention to what he's doing more than he needs to be paid attention to. When we let the news be on 24 hours a day, all day long, just talking about all the destruction and the destruction, like that's what we're doing. We're actually giving glory to the enemy because we're applying our faith to the things that he loves And that's what he wants more than anything. A lot of us will say, well, gosh, we are living in the end times. And that causes just this panic, right? And we look at the book of Revelation and we're thinking, oh my gosh, all these horrible things are going to happen. I would just encourage you to really do a true study on the book of Revelation and discover for yourself that a lot of that book has already been fulfilled. Not all of it, but a lot of it has been fulfilled. And also Peter himself this is Peter, one of the top three disciples, right? The, the the builder of the church, like Peter, like the one that that Jesus loved and loved to hate. <laughs> Obviously, Jesus didn't hate him. Peter himself says in 1 Peter 4, 7, that we're living in the end times. Guys, that was 2,000 years ago. That means that the end times has been lasting for 2,000 years. And so what's to say that it's not going to last for another 2,000 years? None of us know, not even Jesus. Yeah. Not even Jesus knows when the father is going to say, all right, time is up. So what do we do in the midst of it? Do we just believe that this is the end of time? I just want to challenge you with this. And maybe this is too bold, but I'm going to say it anyway. If our ability to walk in the things of God is contingent upon fighting back the darkness, then we don't understand God. We should be walking in the things of God because of our love for him and because of who he is in our life and how we see him, irregardless of what the enemy is doing in the world. Like we're not more empowered to walk in the, in kingdom identity and kingdom gifting because there's evil on the earth. 
It's, it's two like completely different systems. Does this make sense to you? So we are walking in our boldness, in our miracle working power, in, you know, calling down heaven's ways to earth, not because the enemy is here, but because it's who God is. And so our light continues to increase as we look at him and we reflect him and we allow him to work in our lives, not because darkness is increasing. They're just both going to happen at the same time. Hear me when I say this to you. You are not limited by the darkness that's on this earth. You are not. You are not. You don't even have to be affected by the darkness that's on this earth. Yeah, you don't. Because you can be so hidden in who Jesus is. You can be so hidden in your kingdom identity. You can be so on mission with him that the darkness just doesn't phase you. That's the goal. I heard this recently and I've been sharing this a couple different places. So you might've heard me say it already, but you know, this, the concept, I love this phrase that the concept of spiritual warfare is actually unbiblical. And the reason is because in a war, the outcome is undecided in a war. There are two powers that are fighting and we don't know which one will prevail. But you and I in Christ Jesus, we already know that we have prevailed. So we're not in a war. We're not, we're in a thumb wrestle. Like we're not battling for life and death, curious to see who's going to emerge. Is it going to be the principality, but all, or is it going to be, no, it's going to be Jesus, you guys. And it's going to be you in Christ. So if we reframe our perspective and we reframe our belief and we say, you know what? I am here with a mission and a purpose by God. I am here filled with the Holy Spirit to do the things that God wants me to do. And yes, will I encounter darkness from time to time? I better because I'm hoping to get onto the darkness ground and reclaim it for God. But I'm not looking for the enemy to have power in my life. I'm looking for the enemy to get out of my way because I have the power he wants. And so do you. Jesus Christ is on the move on this earth. Are these the last days? Heck yeah, they are. And they have been for a really long time. Think of all the inventions that have happened in the last 2000 years. Think of all the money that's been generated in the last 2000 years. Think of how much society has changed in the last 2000 years, all under the banner of the end times. You guys do not let your faith be rooted in impending doom. If you do that, you've already lost. So I be- if we believe that darkness continues to grow, then again, we put our faith in that, right? Yes, the darkness is going to continue to grow, like, but, but we don't need to be thinking about that. What you and I need to be thinking about is that the light will continue to grow. And you need to be asking yourself, is the light of God growing in me? Is my understanding of God becoming so um, big and that it's affecting my life? that it's filling me and it's overflowing out of me. This is, it's deep, it's hard, but it's so, so important. So I want to leave you with two key practicals as we talk about this. And I want to say to you that I get it. Like I, we have a business that's, that is very much affected by the recessional situation that we're in. It's very much affected by that. But that doesn't mean that we are running and hiding. No, we're pushing forward and we are standing on the word of God. And what does the word say? In Deuteronomy, it says it is God that gives you the ability to create wealth regardless of the season. Psalm 1, that you can be, uh, your, your trees would bear fruit in every season. This is the promise for the sons and daughters of God who have the guts to believe it. And I hope that you're one of those people. So two things you're going to do. Number one, speak to your fear. Do not let fear have a grip on you. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
Now, I know it's difficult, but when you feel that rush of fear over yourself, you have to stop and you have to reject it and you have to replace that thought with the goodness of God. Lord, even if I go through a valley, you will be with me and so it won't even feel like a valley. Even if I lose everything, you will be with me because you're my inheritance anyway. Lord, even if, right? And we speak to that fear and we replace it with faith. God, I believe that your light will increase in my life, that I'm not subject to the increasing darkness because I have dominion in you. You have all the authority and you are in me. Therefore, I don't have to subject, be subjected to all of this, um, all the things that are going on in the world. And if you find yourself in a place where you are subjected, then you find God in the midst of that because fear is not going to help you there either. So we're going to speak to our fear. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to check our need to be in control. Ooh, this one is probably going to not feel good to hear. We're going to check our need to be in control. What do I mean by that? When was the last time that you said, I should have seen this coming? I wish I would have done X, Y, Z to prevent this. What is that? That's a byproduct of your need to control. You cannot avoid difficulty in this life. You can't, but you can avoid having a negative perspective on difficulty. You can avoid tormenting yourself in your mind through worry before you even get into the difficulty. We all, a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us have this need to be in control of our lives, to control the, the story that we're telling, to control, control how people treat us, to control the things that happen to us. And life just doesn't work that way. Yes, we have self-control, but that's about what goes on inside of us, right? We don't have control over our life. We have to trust the Lord. And if you're in a moment right now where you're just feeling this just, you know, incredible sense of of um, frustration and unease because you don't feel like you're in control. That's an opportunity for you to discover Jesus there. Discover what it's like to trust the Lord. You can't trust the Lord without faith. So if your faith is rooted in what the enemy wants to do in the earth and your faith is rooted in thinking that we're in some big cataclysmic battle, that if you don't pray and declare every single day, the specific thing, you know, the whole world's just going to fall off his axis and, and float into space. I don't even know. You have to trust the Lord. You have to pray from a place of faith and you have to surrender your control. You have to. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but it's going to be a really difficult ride if you don't. There will be things that you cannot control in the coming days. There is a shaking that's happening. Economics, uh, economic people, what the heck do you call those? I can't, wow, that just slipped my mind. But the people who study the economy, the people who study global trends, what we're experiencing right now is every 10 years, there's a cycle of um, a shift that is like a life cycle of one part of our economy. And then there's, I think it's a 50 or 75 year cycle that also has been happening since, you know, the last couple hundred years. And we're in this three year window where both of those cycles fell at the same time. And that hasn't happened for a very, very long time. So yes, there is a lot of upheaval. There is a lot of shaking. I'm of the mind that God is actually like, okay with all the shaking that's happening because it's causing his people to really determine what they believe. But do you know what God wants you to believe? In him, in his goodness, in his ability to bring heaven's ways to earth, in his ability to take ground no matter what the enemy's up to. Think about it. We're not in a gigantic battle where we don't know the outcome. 
We're in a battle where we know the outcome. We're living with Christ to die is gain, right? So I just want to encourage you. Maybe you need to not listen to the news for a little while. I don't. I don't listen to the news anymore because it's not going to tell me anything that I, I don't already know. And it's not going to tell me anything that I have any control over. I'm not in Congress. I'm not in politics, right? So do I want to know what's happening? Yeah, but I don't want to know every moment of everything that's being said. Think about it. Ask yourself, what do I need to be able to stay in faith, to be able to stay in confidence on the Lord's word, to be able to trust in his goodness, and to be able to be a part of what brings light increasing on the earth and ignoring what the enemy wants to do? Because I don't want to glorify it at all, and I hope you don't either. So this was a big episode and this was a bit heavy, but I hope it was helpful and encouraging to you. And if you need prayer on any of these specific things, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can find me on social media, send me a DM. Until next time, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.